over here. And as I got in the pulpit, I realized I hadn't followed through on what he told me to do. So I went and did that. When I did that, man, I felt God come on me like fire. Didn't happen before. I mean, I felt the presence of God. I'm just trying to teach you something. you got to obey God's voice. All right, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, the darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Go to verse 21 of the same chapter, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21. Then will all your people be righteous. They will possess the land forever. They are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands. For the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand. The smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you're going to do. Amen. I want to preach to you a message uh, for 2011. This is more of my normal sort of prophetic kind of style that I have. I, I really force myself on Sunday mornings, sometimes Sunday nights and Tuesdays, but I, Tuesdays, I force myself into a mold by which I feel the Lord has had me do to, to disciple you in a greater way. And that's why I pass out notes frequently. I preach from the Word of God. I allow the text to speak. And, and we, we try to do that, to not only teach you the Word, but to move forward uh, thematically in what God's calling us, calling us to do and teach you and raising you up and equip you for the work of ministry. And Isaiah chapter 60 is one of my favorite verses of Scripture, of favorite chapters in Scripture. I want to talk to you about our place in divine history, where we are. And I want to talk about the process in cooperating with God in this hour. I've entitled it, Swiftly and Suddenly. Cooperating with the Spirit of God in 2011. That is the title of the message, if I can probably won't ever remember it again. So all of you guys that are figuring out on the back with the sound, write it down. Swiftly and Suddenly, Cooperating with the Spirit of God in 2011. Now, as we read the text, there's no doubt that there's darkness over our nation is great. I mean, any time that, any time that, uh, you know, a people are beginning to vote about same-sex marriage, come on, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I mean, people have gotten confused. You say, are you prejudiced? I'm for righteousness. That's what I'm for. Sin is sin. Whether I don't care what you call it. And so darkness has really come over our land. We have murdered more babies through abortion. There is really atrocities. There's human trafficking. Some of you aren't aware of this, but America has more human trafficking than, than many, many other parts of the earth. What is human trafficking? Human trafficking is when people are kidnapped and basically brought into a slave market. And that's all I'll say. It's perversion. That's all I'll say. We've got kids here tonight. And it's, it's a horrible thing. There's great darkness. But the Lord said to me, even tonight, as I, as I went over these things after preaching our service at 2 o'clock in Anchorage, by the way, we're having a great time there. Are you all praying for Anchorage? All right, good. We're believing for our own building. Don't stop praying. How many of you praying for Anchorage? Good. See, that's why it's taking so long. you got to pray. Come on, pray for Anchorage. And as I was talking to the Lord, I really felt like God said, I'm going to bring a time of swift growth. Now, we were declaring that we would double by December. I haven't looked to see actually where we are. We're growing. Families are coming. It's exciting. But I'm declaring over this house and literally over the body of Christ and those who are preaching the unadulterated full gospel, the word of God, amen, that God is going to bring a swift time of growth. There's coming swift growth. He's going to do it quickly. He's going to do it swiftly. He's going to hasten it. And that hastening or that quickening is going to be fueled by six things. And I think I'll cover three. I might get to all six. I might just cover one. We could continue next Sunday night, perhaps. But let me talk about the first thing. Fueled by six things, six suddenlies. In fact, it's five suddenlies you'll find in the book of Acts, and one immediately. 
There's five suddenlies in the book of Acts. All of them have tremendous meaning for 2011 as the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. And there's one immediately. Six things. Now let's, let's look together in Acts chapter 2. Turn there if you would be. If you would. A process of cooperating with the Spirit of God to bring this. If you're going to be in step with what God is doing in this hour, you're going to have to understand that God wants to touch our nation. And you're going to have to cooperate with what the Spirit of God is doing. Just as, just, I didn't have plan on praying for restoration. Didn't plan on that, but it was obvious. I felt an unction. I felt the wind of the Spirit on what that was going on in the Haggerty's. God wants to do in your life. How many of you know God wants to restore that which is broken, the broken places? He wants to do that. So, so moved by the Spirit, we stepped into that. And don't ever underestimate the power of a prophetic decree in moments like that. We just think, oh, this is just an exciting church. No, it isn't. We're stinking changing history. Listen, when the church comes together, you have to understand ecclesia, the church, is a, is a, is a, Greek, is a Greek word, ecclesia. It's, it's really a, a governing body. It's a, it's, it's a political term. That when the, and literally, the picture is when the ecclesia comes together and votes, that how it is, that's how it is in that region. And the same is true for us. When we come together, the body of Christ, and we begin to pray, declare the promises of God, stand on His Word, and make declarations backed by action, God releases things in the Spirit and in the natural. The first thing. There's going to come sudden infusions of the wind of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, they were just obeying God. Now, you never know what's going to happen when you obey God, but if you'll obey Him, He comes. And sometimes it's a tremendous release of the wind of the power of the Holy Spirit. Other times it's just a peace that will come, and other times you might feel nothing. But the, the, the tragedy of, of Acts chapter 2 was there's 500 people that saw Jesus ascend. 500 saw Him ascend. And angels speak and say, hey, what are you looking at? The same way that he's left, he's coming back. And they said, well, okay. And they, they gathered in the upper room. They went to the upper room and they gathered there and they prayed for ten days. For ten days. When the Holy Spirit came, that suddenly, of the wind of the Spirit of God, there was only 120 people. That's tragic. And the tragedy that's, that will take place in this next season, I will tell you, is this. That God wants to bring a suddenly of the wind of God, a suddenly of the Spirit of God. But if you're not in the house of prayer, you won't have it. You won't experience it. You see, the upper room is a picture of, the, of being a house of prayer. My house will be a house of prayer, Jesus said. You've got to be in prayer in this next season. You've got to be poised. You have to be positioned. You have to have a, a posture of prayer. If you look in Luke 18, the, the man of importunity, as it says in the King James, came... To get some bread from his neighbor because a visitor came in the midnight hour. It was inconvenient for him to get up. It was inconvenient for him to go to his neighbor and ask for bread. Very inconvenient. But how many of you know when you're desperate to get some bread, when you're desperate for gut bread, the bread of his presence, Bethlehem is called the house of bread. Come on, Jesus said, I am the true bread, the, the bread of life that comes down from, the, from our Father. You see, when you're desperate for God, you will be in prayer. You will be in a house of prayer. You will be in a place. Now, the wind of God might not come on the fifth time. might not come on the sixth time. And it might not come on the seventh. But there will come infusions, mighty infusions of the wind of God as you pray. You must develop consistency in prayer. You've you got to get yourself in prayer. Now, I, I thought this might help you. There's many kinds of prayer. Now, my favorite kind of prayer is, is just praise and worship. To worship Him and pray. Pray and worship. Harp and bowl, it says in the book of Revelation. To mix worship with prayer. Rock pile prayer is not my favorite kind. We even know what rock pile prayer is. Rock pile prayer is when you just get the hammer out and you just start swinging that thing for hours, you know. And there are times like that. If you're going to birth anything in the earth, it's going to happen through prayer. And there's going to be a release of God's power as you pray. Now, if you haven't experienced a great joy in praying, it's coming if you'll give yourself to it. We're so centered in America on the main meeting, this kind of meeting. We're so centered on the Sunday morning or 
the Sunday, we're not going to be centered on a Sunday night because most churches don't have Sunday nights, which is beyond me. I can't figure that out for the life of me why we wouldn't have a Sunday night service. Well, got to get ready for the week. What better way to get ready for the week than go to church? Man, you don't want to wear out the saints. Are you kidding me? Watching, come on, you know what kind of stamina they have? We're watching six hours of TV every night, the average male? My goodness. But across America, Sunday nights have closed. They stopped Sunday nights. There's been so much attention on the main meeting. What I sense the Lord is saying is, is through relationships in small groups, God, I mean, He's going to come on the main meeting too. But in relationships in small groups as we pray, as we get ourselves into a house of prayer, one-on-one, wherever two or three are gathered, there's going to come mighty infusions of the Spirit of God, just like in the upper room. And it's a great tragedy that many people will miss that because they won't get involved. They won't build relationships. My mind, as I was praying over this, my mind, my heart, my, my spirit really was drawn to Gideon again. You know, Gideon, I love, this, I love the historical the story of, of Gideon. And there's this one point in Gideon where the angel of the Lord says to him, Hey, if you want to be encouraged... Now, he's already stood up. He's done the fleece thing. He's wrung out the water. He's done all of that. He's chopped down the Asherah pole. He killed the bull. You know, he's, he's in it. He's got his 300 guys. But he's still kind of questioning whether God's going to sort of come through for him. At least he sensed that. And the angel of the Lord says, all right, you want to be encouraged? Go down to the camp. Go down to the camp of the Midianites and put your ear to the tent. So he takes Puran or Hoorah, or whatever his name is, I forget. And he, and he goes down. It's Judges 6, you can look it up for yourself. Everybody say, Poorah. All right, it's Poorah, I think. And he, and he goes down to the tent, and he puts his ear to the tent of the Midianites. And it just so happened that there's some Midianite dudes in there who just woke up and had a dream. And he listens, and he says, man, I had a dream, says the one guy. And the other guy says, really? What is it? Let's interpret it. He says, I had this dream, and this huge barley loaf comes rolling into the camp and crushed everybody. And the other guy says, really? You know what that is? I know what that is. That's Gideon. He's going to wipe us out. Oh, no. And Gideon's like, yes. Come on, there's moments where you just don't know which way, what's going to happen. You're, you're feeling like you're a little bit... You know, a little apprehensive, a little, a little down on your faith. You've got to just put your ear to the Spirit of God through prayer and listen to what He's saying. He's saying that you can make it. You can do it. God's going before you. And a barley loaf, you know what a barley loaf is? I used to wonder about that. What's up with a barley loaf? Super common. Barley loaves were like a brick. I mean, a gar- barley loaf is just like, it's just a piece of wonder bread. Has anybody ever had wonder bread? It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I think everybody here has had a peanut butter and jelly. Well, it's not a filet mignon. It's not, it's not asparagus with hollandaise sauce over the top. It's a stinking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's common. That's what it was. The picture is, I'm just, God's sending this barley loaf, a common thing. And that's what, that's what Gideon was. He was just a regular guy like you and me. Came from a dysfunctional family of idol worshippers. Asteropol, his father was a pervert. Hello? All right, maybe your dad wasn't a pervert. I'm glad mine isn't either. But maybe he was. Whatever the case is, whatever the case is, he wants to use you, you barley loaf. But you, you, if you don't, if you're not have your ear to the tent, you can't hear what the Spirit of God is trying to encourage you and release you and strengthen you. There's coming suddenlies of the Spirit of God. Now the second thing I see, the second suddenly, I want you to turn to this Acts chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts. Just kidding. Acts chapter 8. Find verse 26. Now here, let me catch you up. Here's what's happening. Philip is doing great wonders for God. Now, he had lived in Jerusalem, but there comes persecution the book of Acts, as you look at it, really like Acts 3 is about three years after the, the resurrection. Acts 4 is about four years after the resurrection and the outpouring. It's kind of like that. Acts 8 is about eight years, give or take. And 
Philip was, you know, he's in Jerusalem, but there comes this persecution. So he's like, snap, I think I gotta go. So he takes off to Samaria. And he begins to enter into the harvest that Jesus started. Do you remember Jesus with the woman at the well? Who sent an evangelist? The woman into to see all the men and to see all the people and tell them I, I met the Messiah, a man who told me everything I ever knew and everything I ever did. She left her water pot and she goes. Well, Philip now comes to Samaria and a great revival breaks out. And you can read about that in the earlier parts here of, of, of Acts 8. You can read about the persecution. and It's an amazing thing. Such a revival takes place that there's this man, Simon, the sorcerer, a witch, basically, gets saved, gives his heart to Jesus. And, and, and I mean, God's breaking out everywhere. Signs, wonders, miracles. The apostles show up, and they start laying hands on people, and they're getting filled with the Holy Ghost, beginning to pray in tongues. In the midst of every preacher's and pastor's dream, that's when verse 26 comes. Now an angel of the Lord, look at with me, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. Kind of amazing, really. Because he's in a great revival. I mean a huge revival. And God tells him in the midst of his revival, get going. And he sends him out. And he goes. And as he's going, he's out there in the desert. So he started out, verse 27, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch. An important official in charge of the treasury of Candace. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was on his way home. Was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah to the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So Philip ran up to the chariot. Now let me, let me just stop. This great harvest is taking place in Samaria. And God comes and speaks to Philip. What are you saying? The application for this year is this. You might be in a great situation. You might be in your dream. Be open to God speaking to you in the middle of the dream situation that you have to say, I'm sending you over here now. 2011, you're going to see a realignment and reassignment. There's going to be people that get realigned. You know, thank God for the realigning, the plumb line of the Holy Ghost. And there's people that are going to be reassigned, the Haggerty's. But reassigning can happen without moving a geographical area. Reassigning can, can, can happen just in the Spirit of God where He tells you to begin to focus on something else. Now, Philip was in the middle of a revival. God spoke to him and said, go to the desert. Now, most people would never do that. I'm telling you, I'm, I know pastors, I'm telling you. Revival breaks out. Church is growing like crazy. It's prospering in every way. There's signs, there's wonders, there's miracles. The local warlock gets saved. You know, you, you've got... You've got uh, the transformation. People want to come and do a video at your church because of the great outpouring of the Spirit of God. And then he tells you, go to sulfur. I'm telling you, most people wouldn't even listen to the voice of God saying that. I want you to move. I want you to, I want you to stop doing that. I want you to do this. Most people can't hear when they're in the midst of success. When they're in their midst of great release or prospering, financial prospering, I want you to change your job. That's not God. I'm making lots of money. I'm not going to do that. I bind you, Satan, now. No, I'm telling you. Philip had a relationship with the Lord so much so that he could hear the voice of God in the midst of his dream revival. And the, and the, and the angel of the Lord says, dude, go to the desert. That can't be God. No, it was God. And God sent him out to the desert. Now, we don't know how long he stood out there. All we know is he went. Now, I've obeyed God and, and I will continue to, but frequently I'll obey him and then I wait. Because I don't have the next piece. And I can just see Philip out there. He could have waited a day. He could have waited two days. We don't know how long he waited. But he obeyed God. He went out and he waited. And then he sees this, he sees this chariot. 
And the Lord says, run up next to it. Now, chariots, you study chariots, you know, minimum speed is 15 miles an hour. They cruise at about, they cruise at 20 to 22 miles an hour plus. Cruising. So, you know, I, I can run pretty fast, but I can't run that fast. A sustained speed of 22 miles, you have to overtake it, so you'd have to be running 25 miles an hour. He's supernaturally caught up to the, caught, caught up to the, the chariot. And there's this Ethiopian who happens to be reading the book of Isaiah. He jumps up, and you can read the rest of it. He jumps up in the, and begins to talk to the Ethiopian eunuch who's in charge. He's the banker from Ethiopia. He jumps up in the chariot, explains to him out of the, out of the book of Isaiah about salvation. They come up to some water. I'm paraphrasing. The man says, man, I should be baptized now then. Is there anything that can keep me from being baptized now? He said, no, let's do it. They get out, they go into the pool, and he begins to, you know, baptize him. And I can imagine what the, what Philip is thinking. I've shared this before. It's kind of funny. Now I know. Oh God, you're so good to me. You're making me an apostle, and you're sending me to Ethiopia for the next revival, and you're going to fund it by this banker, and Candace, wow, you gave me the funding even to do the revival in Ethiopia. I mean, can you imagine? He's baptizing the banker, people. You obviously don't understand. Let me back up a little bit. A treasure, the guy that's over the treasury had tons of money at his to do whatever, to do whatever the queen's bidding would be. So he's, he's baptizing an Ethiopian. I can imagine him saying, oh, now... Now I understand why I left the big revival. And as he baptized him, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, brings him out, and he gets sucked out of the pool, out of the water, and translated. You go read your Bible. I wish they had that instead of planes. He gets translated to another place where he never leaves. He stays there and raises a family. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that God is bringing a great light upon our nation and the nations of the earth. He is causing His glory to shine. Even though there's great darkness, light abounds. And though there, you, you might seem like you're in the middle of the perfect will of God, there comes shiftings and there comes changes. There comes sudden, suddenly, the suddenly of God. There can come a realignment and reassignment, even though you're in the midst of the perfect thing. Now, some of you are thinking, man, that has got to be... I'm leaving my husband. I know that's what he... No, I'm not talking about that. You're married. You stuck. You stay married. You work it out. Amen. You get healed. Hello? Die, baby. Die. Die to your flesh. Love your spouse. Be like Christ to your wife. And everybody said, Amen. The Lord wants us to be prepared for that. God, God speaks to Philip and He's speaking to us. you got to be obedient. Philip didn't know what was going to happen when he went out to the desert. Now the next thing I want to say from this text is this. That if you don't learn to run, listen to me. And I think I'll close. There's more to it. Maybe we'll finish it Sunday night. If you don't learn to run at a new pace, there's a new pace that God has. And if you don't run at that new pace, you will miss divine appointments. There's divine appointments that want to come to you, but if you're, if you're stuck in your pity party... You know, twiddling your thumbs and worry, wringing your hands and wondering how God's going to bring you into the next thing. And you don't move in step with the Spirit. If you don't run like Elijah, run like Philip. And just, come on, just get after the purposes of God. God will supernaturally bring you into divine appointments. How many of you got a dream? That dream will be brought about as you serve God diligently with all your heart. It took something for him to run. It really did. It wasn't some easy thing. He had to get up and get after it. Some of you just think you're going to go through the same motions, a little ho-hum. You know, what, what is that? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, look, read your Bible through a couple times this year. Get yourself in prayer. Force yourself. Wake up. Wipe the weariness. Passion that cannot wipe, cannot wipe sleep from his eyes is a weak passion indeed. Get passionate for the things of God. Get, check your passion level. Get on fire. Okay, so Sister Bucketmouth backstabbed you. What else is new? That's all part of training. Oh, we love you so much. 
I've said it, this offense is, is training. Just enjoy it. Hallelujah. Woo! If you haven't been offended yet, stick around. It's coming soon. You say, you're going to get offended in this church? Absolutely. I mean, I'll try not to offend you. I'll do my very best. But there's some people that will try to offend you. Because they just have a fence written right across their forehead. They're in a fence waiting to happen. Does anybody know something like that? Huh? They're just irritated. They're bent. They're hurt. They're broken. They haven't forgiven their mother and father. So they found a place, a church, to go blow up and irritate and backstab people in. Amen. Until somebody gets enough guts and love to get up in their grill and tell them that you need some healing to quit being a bucket mouth. What are you saying, Pastor? There is great darkness that's over our nation, over the nations of the earth, but we have a great light to shine. The great light. God living on the inside of us. That profound song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I won't let Satan stomp it out. In this next season of suddenlies, get yourself into a house of prayer. Make, look, make your kitchen a cathedral. Ladies, you're home, raising your children maybe, your, your husband is off at work, or maybe you don't have a husband. Make your living room a cathedral. Make, come on, in the shower, have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues until His fire comes. Get passionate. Get on fire. Get in this morning times of prayer. Get in. Come on, we got Friday night. Friday night we got a men's encounter. The next Friday after that we have all night prayer. Come on, you used to go out to the club. You used to go clubbing on a Friday night. Go party for God, party for the enemy. Amen. Right? Why don't you get up and go after God all night? Try that. You say, oh God, you never do anything for me. You never do anything for me. Well, you'd hardly spend any time with him. Hello? Married to the TV set. It's like adultery. That's good preaching. You must say an amen right there. You want the divine appointments? You want the realignment, the reassignment? You want the suddenly of God? You're going to have to get it in your upper room. Listen, if when you begin to pray, your mind is constantly running off on on tangents and you can't keep yourself there for long, you need to break that thing. You need to break through that. And sometimes it's because a lot of stuff. You can have a breakthrough. Your family can be healed. (laughs) You can be set on fire. 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 The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. God wants to bring revival. God wants to bring reformation. God wants to set you ablaze. But if you don't position yourself... By the spout where the glory comes out, what makes you think that you're going to get on fire? It won't happen. Fire. God's got ministry for you, Mom. It's ministry. There is more wisdom and anointing in your left pinky than most people. And God is going to raise you up. I see you. I see you preaching. Wow. Am I going to tell you what I really see? Can I see the whole, I'll tell you the whole thing. I see, your, I see your braids just whipping around, man. You know, ah! I see you just, you know, shaking and preaching and fiery. You're fiery. God's made you that way. Passionate. And I see you pouring into younger women and older women. We need to start up our senior saints ministry again. We need to start that up. You pray about that, all right? Yeah. I see you. (laughs) I see you in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you can pray for your grandma. Go ahead. It's all right. 
It's not going to be anything ever that it was ever like before. It's going to be totally different. And there were times when you tried to run and somebody tripped you. But you're wise now. You've got some wisdom and humility. And you will run. You will run. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping out, but I'm going to tell you, I see you taking missions trips. I see you going out. I see you, I see you going on trips. I see, you, I see you ministering. I see you going and flowing and going in and going out. And God will raise all the money, release the whole thing. There's a great anointing on you. And I thank God for you. You just need refreshing. Just lift your hands right now. All across this place. Just just lift your hands. Lift your heart. Whatever posture you want to take. Just let the Lord touch you. Let the Lord minister to you. Come on, let this place become an upper room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to tell you, this is for a number of people, some that I know and some that I don't. You feel cornered, backed in to a corner. Now, I'm told that Certain animals, they're not really aggressive unless you back them into a corner. Now, I'm going to tell you tonight that the Spirit of God in you wants to rise up like a lioness and devour its victims. That's out of the book of Numbers. What I'm saying is even though you're backed in a corner, you let that circumstances that you're in force you to your knees, and you pray until God comes like a pillar of fire. Have you prayed like that? Have you resisted yet to the point of shedding blood? Have you shut the door behind you and said, God, I'm not coming out until you come in. I'm not leaving this place until you come invade my circumstances. Have you prayed like that? I'm going to tell you, every believer comes to their Gethsemane. Every single one. Everyone. And you can fight that thing. You can resist it. You can be like a grape, that, a seed that you can spit out one side. But if you'll let the pressure of that circumstances come down upon you. You know what Gethsemane means? It means oil press. And when that thing gets ratcheted down on top of you, if lemon juice is coming out, well, you better just stay there. Because when Christians get squeezed, you shouldn't have lemon juice coming out. You should have oil. And there are circumstances that are like ratcheting you down. Give yourself to it. Throw yourself on the rock, lest the rock throw, lands on you. And you call on His name, and you pray, and you fast, and you do everything you can to see the miracle. Many of you would not have been here if your own families or someone who loved you prayed like that. I'd be dead. I know my circumstances. I wouldn't even be here. My mom, 40-day fast, 21-day fast, consecutively. 40-day fast, couple weeks off, 21-day fast, couple weeks off, 21-day fast. Praying for me when I was lost as a goose. The balance of people's lives is many times determined about how well you will cry out and get a hold to touch the garment. Will you touch the garment in this new year? Is a swiftly and a suddenly coming to this church, a swift growth, exponentially but also in maturity? There's suddenlies of the upper rooms coming on houses of prayer, and that could be your house as you give yourself to it. It could be here. It will be here. 24-hour prayer we're going to have on, on Friday, two weeks from this coming, a week from this coming Friday. Not this Friday, a week from this coming Friday. And you could be in the middle of a good thing, but a good thing might not necessarily be a God thing. And even though it's producing great fruit, it might not be exactly where God wants you. And in the midst of that, you have to hear His voice. It says, move. Get, get, get over to this new place. But that's a desert, Lord. Yeah, get going. I'm going to lead you. And then you're going to have a divine appointment as you run diligently after the Lord. I can't help myself. This is your last service. You're going home, right? I'm going to prophesy over you. Is that okay? I got a word for you. Is that okay?
Stand up on your feet, won't you? Tell me your name again. I'm so sorry. Stephanie, bless you. Reach your hands towards our sister. Father, we thank you for Stephanie. Lord, we thank you for this precious daughter of yours, queen. The Lord shows me a number of things. The first thing is, the enemy has tried to get you to live beneath your God-given birthright. And there is a favor that's on your life. And there's been assignments, even arrows that have come relationship arrows, financial arrows, things that have tried to, to really tried to undermine you, but you've stayed steadfast. And part of that is really because you got a praying mama. So you make sure you honor her and thank her. And I think you know that there were times where you just really, really, you shouldn't even be alive. Shouldn't even have a pulse. Isn't that right? Oh, oh, but God had mercy on you and he helped you. And he calls you royalty tonight. Now, I don't know if you work or what you're doing, but I see favor on you. I see favor on you in the marketplace. I see favor on you in the home. I see favor on you everywhere that you go. I'm going to be in the little things, getting the best parking spots. So you don't have to walk in the cold. It'll, it's been like that already. There's coming an increase. But mark your calendar. Mark your calendar. Even from this night, the Lord says, I'm coming in a new season. Dreams and visions will be your portion. I'm going to come and visit you in the night. There's a prophetic calling and mandate even upon your life. That as you speak and as you prophesy, I'm going to cause things to shift and to turn. And there's some things that are really on your heart, weighing you down, even concerned. For if it would not have been of my spirit, you'd given up hope by now. If you'd not seen the hope in the land of the living, you'd have given up. But the Lord says that you prophesy to that situation, you prophesy to that circumstances, you prophesy to that relationship, you will see new buds coming. It'll become springtime. Lo, the Lord says winter is over. Springtime is here. The sound of the turtle dove will be heard in the land. I'm going to set you on fire like you have never experienced before. There's going to come a weeping and a travail also as you pray and fast. Oh, God has so many wonderful things for you. Lord, we just bless her tonight. Let your fire come. Burn off all the dross. Here we are. Here we are. Shekinah glory come down. Shekinah glory come down. Here we are standing in your presence. Here we are standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down. Here we are, here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down. Shekinah glory come down. Shekinah glory come, release the fullness of your spirit. Shekinah glory come, Shekinah glory come, release the fullness of your spirit. Shekinah glory come. Shekinah glory come. My hands are on fire. Now, anytime that happens for me, God's doing something. I just got to release what I feel on me. If you sense the Spirit of God on you right now and you want prayer, healing, breakthrough, infilling, any kind, come right now. Come to the front right now. Quickly come. Quickly come. Release that. Fire. Jesus' mighty name. Lord, do it now. I want to go into the when you move. When you move, we want more stuff on it, all right? Shekinah glory. Let your glory come right now. Fullness of your spirit. 
Shekinah glory come. Shekinah glory come. You move. We want more when you speak. We want more when you move. We want more. Build your fullness. More of your fullness when you move. We want more when you move. We want more when you speak. We want more, more. Holy Spirit, come right now. Jesus. Come get on the drums. Come on. Come play bass. Come on. Go after God. Come on. We want more when you speak. Come on. When you move, we want more, more of your full. Come on. Let your fire come. One, two, three. Have your spirit, Shekinah, the glory come.
The Lord, the Lord has given us freedom. The Lord has given us freedom, given us freedom, given us joy. The Lord has given you freedom, given us. Come on, sing it. The Lord has given us freedom. Can't get enough of your presence, presence. Can't get enough, can't get enough. Can't, can't get enough. Come on. Can't get enough, can't get enough. Can't get enough of your presence, presence. Can't get enough of your presence, presence. Get enough of your presence, presence. Can't get enough. Can't get enough of your can't get enough of your Come on! Can't get enough of your presence, presence. Can't get enough, can't get enough. Can't get enough of your presence, presence. Can't get enough of your presence. Can't get enough of your presence. Come on, somebody shout to God tonight! Hallelujah! Come on, lift your voice and shout to God! Hey! The Lord has given us freedom. Come on, sing with us. The Lord has given us freedom, given us freedom, given us joy. Lord has given you freedom, given us joy. The Lord has given you freedom, given you freedom, given us joy. Lord has given you freedom. Come on, sing it! The Lord has given you freedom, given us freedom, given us joy. Lord has given you freedom. Won't you shout to God one more time? Give him a hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh. Woo. Powerful, mighty God. So be in the place of prayer. Be in a place where you hear his voice. Let him speak to you. Let him encourage you. Be in a place of the suddenlies of God. Position yourself. You know, sometimes we just want God to come and do it. He did. He died on a cross. He rose again from the grave. You just got to believe it. You got to receive it. You got to walk into all that He has. The Lord has given you freedom, given us joy. Come on, sing it. The Lord has given you freedom. Giving us your joy, joy. Come on, put your hands together. The Lord has given you freedom. Come on. Something's breaking. Come on. Yeah, yes. Just your voices. One, two, ready, sing. The Lord Come on, sing, sing, sing. The 
the Lord has given you freedom, given us freedom, given us joy. The Lord has given you freedom, given us joy. Is anybody free tonight? It is going to be the greatest year you have ever had in all your life. Rise and shine for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Come on, give a hallelujah shout to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Take someone by the hand. Take someone by the hand all across this place. Woo! Hallelujah. Somebody got free tonight. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for your precious people. All that you're doing. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. Turn up the fire. Come in a bigger way. Service after service. Unleash the power of your Holy Spirit as never before. Notable miracles in the marketplace. Supernatural provision. Hearing your voice as never before. Raising up and releasing of disciples. Come on, somebody say, give them heaven in 2011. Pray for the person on your right and your left. Lord, thank you for so much what you've done tonight. God, we bless you. We praise you. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Never gonna leave me dry. No, you.